This is I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. The following is a recent Sunday morning message given by Pastor Robert Brown. Glory to God. Our first slide will be Romans 8 and 7. I'm reading from the New International Reader's Version. Amen. Romans 8 and 7. Hallelujah. What's happening, amen, is uh, Paul has sent the letter to the Romans to teach them about Christian doctrine. Doctrine's another word of saying teachings or a set of teachings, amen. He wanted to teach them about righteousness, amen, that man's um, need for righteousness, righteousness provided through Christ, hallelujah, that righteousness is not a, a verb, but that righteousness is a noun, it is a state of being in Christ, hallelujah, all the religions of the world teaches that righteousness is something we achieve, but Christianity, when taught from the word, is something that teaches us that righteousness is received. Amen. And in his teachings in this eighth chapter, he's teaching about life in the spirit. So Romans 8 and 7, I'm reading from the New International Reader's Version. Amen. And it reads, The mind ruled by the power of sin is at war with God. It does not obey God's law. Here's the key part. It can't. It can't. I believe the King James Version says, the carnal mind is at enmity with God. It's at war with God. Let's take it back to the garden real quick. Listen, Adam and Eve had a choice in the garden, amen? God gave them a choice. Why did he give them a choice? Because God wanted to be chosen. God didn't want robots, amen? We had a choice in the garden. Do we eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Or do we eat of the tree of life? Hallelujah. They made a decision to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and thus became their own little G-O-Ds, all right? And through the subsequent years, this, this decision, this, this action taken, amen, has had an impact on man's entire being, and in particular this week, the mind. You know, in church, we don't talk about mental and emotional health that much. You know, we talk about sin from a general standpoint, uh, and obviously we here at the Living Waters Christian Center, our focus is on Jesus Christ, but we don't talk about mental and emotional well-being. God moved upon me this week to deal with this subject. Amen. And I don't claim to be a counselor or anything. We're going to look at the word. We're going to see what the word says. Amen. What God would have us to do to deal with the mental and emotional challenges we have as a result of man's fall away from God. Now, even though we are saved now, we still live in a fallen world. We still are bumped into by life. Life happens to us. Situations happen. People happen to us. Relationships. All kind of things we encounter in life, in this fallen world. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've been talking about heaven and the rapture and all that the last few weeks. Amen. But we're going to stay right here today. Hallelujah. As God teaches us. Hallelujah, about a healthy mental and emotional state. Amen. Hallelujah. So next slide. Our title today is A Mind at War with God. This is the essence of what happens. Happens in my life. Happens in many of your lives. But a mind at war with God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's deal with it today. Amen. Hallelujah. Join me as I pray. Amen. Father God, we come before you in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you and praise you for everyone gathered here in person. We thank you for those that are joining us online today, Lord God. Now, Father God, once again, you've given me a task that's far, far too great for me. You are the preacher. You are the teacher. Preach today. Teach today like never before. I decrease that you might increase in me and through me and nourish your people today to overflowing 
in the name of Jesus, particularly in the area of mental and emotional health. We thank you. We praise you because you do all things well. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A mind at war with God. Brother Pastor, I love God. What do you mean my, my mind's at war with God? Well, we're going to deal with it today. Amen. Let's look. Next slide, please. Let's look at some statistics about uh, the incidences of mental health across this nation. Amen. Let me run through these real quick. So according to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, one in five U.S. adults experience mental health illness each year. It's about 20%. So one in five of us have an incident of a mental health challenge each year. One in 20 U.S. adults experience serious mental illness each year. One in six U.S. youth one in six U.S. youth aged 6 to 17 experience a mental health disorder each year. So this again impacts our young people. 50% of all lifetime mental, mental illnesses begin by age 14. And 75% by age 24. Suicide is the second leading cause of death among people aged 10 to 34. Mental illness is no joke. Annual uh, prevalence of mental illness among U.S. adults by demographic groups. So non-Hispanic Asians is 14.4%. Non-Hispanic whites, 22% incidence. Non-Hispanic black or African American, 17.3% incidence. Non-Hispanic American, uh, I'm going to say Native American, and Alaska Natives, 18.7%. Non-Hispanic, mixed, multiracial, 31.7%. So our brothers and sisters of mixed race, amen, have a higher incidence of mental challenges, hallelujah, than those, hallelujah, who are not of mixed race. Non-Hispanic, Native Hawaiian, or other Pacific Islanders, 16.6%, despite living on those beautiful islands, about one in five of them have incidents of mental health. Hispanic or Latino, 18% incidents. And here's a big one. The lesbian, gay, and bisexual community suffer at a 44.1% incident of mental health. My God, my God, hallelujah. And these uh, statistics are backed up by this infographic right here. Hallelujah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Let's look at some more, amen. According to John Hopkins Medi Medi Medicine, excuse me, statistics related to mental health disorders, the following are the latest statistics available from the National Institute of Mental Health Disorders, part of the National Institute of Health, all right? Hallelujah. It's a lot bigger on your screen than it is mine. Hallelujah. So hallelujah. Bear with me. Mental health disorders account for several of the top causes of disability in established market economies, such as the U.S. worldwide, and includes major depression, also called clinical depression, manic depression, also called bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, an obsessive-compulsive disorder. So though we live in this first world, so to speak, amen, there's a high incidence of mental disorders, amen. As estimated, 26% of Americans age 18 and older, about one in four adults, suffer from a diagnosis, diagnosable mental disorder in a given year. Many people suffer from more than one mental disorder at a given time. In particular, depressive illnesses tend to uh, concur with substance abuse and anxiety disorders. Approximately 9.5% of American adults ages 18 and over will suffer from depressive illness, major depression, bipolar disorder, or dys dysthymia each year. Women are nearly twice as likely to suffer from major depression than men. However, men and women are equally likely to develop bipolar disorder. 
while major depression can develop at any age, the average age of at onset is the mid-20s. With bipolar disorder, which affects approximately 2.6% of Americans age 18 and over, in a given year, the average age at onset for a first manic episode is during the early 20s. Most people who commit suicide have a diagnosable mental disorder and most commonly a depressive disorder or a substance abuse disorder. As I have read the statistics to you, you see how prevalent mental illness is in this country. It is no joke. It's something we can't ignore. All right. I have had my own bouts as I look back with mental illness. I've, I've had deep uh, uh, times of depression in my life. As a minister, but God wants us healed, amen? Hallelujah. God wants us healed, and that's what we're going to get into today, amen? Next slide, please. Thoughts established. God would like our thoughts to be established. What does this mean? We're going to jump into it. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Proverbs 16 and 3. Hallelujah. These are the words of Solomon, the wisest man there ever was other than Jesus. All right. Solomon writes, and I'm reading from the King James Version from Proverbs 16 and 3. It reads, commit thy works unto the Lord and thy thoughts shall be established. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. Brother Pastor, we don't speak in those, that King James language. What does this mean? Hallelujah. Let's look at some definitions here as we break down uh, the Hebrew. Next slide, please. The first word, amen, in Hebrew, that word commit is a Hebrew word, galal. And it means commit or roll away or trust. So trust Trust in the Lord. With what? Your works. This word works. In the Hebrew, it's a Hebrew word, ma'asa. Ma it means deed, work, act, or action. So trust your deeds, your works, or your actions, or roll them away to the Lord. Allow the Lord to help you with this. Hallelujah. The word thoughts, amen, is a Hebrew word, ma'ashaba. It means thought. Device, device means plan with a name. Uh, plan, purpose, purpose is a reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. And it means to be established. Hallelujah. And the last word established is a Hebrew word kun. And it means to be firm, to be established, stable, secure, enduring. So when we allow the Lord to uh, guide us, and we commit our actions, the things we want to do unto him. Our thoughts will be secure. Our aims, our plans, are, are, they will be stable. They will be enduring. Able to endure this life. This challenging life in this fallen world. So all that I do, I have to do unto the Lord. That's a challenge because as a human being, hallelujah, let me just keep it real with you. I want to do what I want to do. I have my own plans, Lord. I want to do my own thing, God. I don't want to have to always go to you. But as we can see all around us and as many of us have in our own life experiences and from the statistics that I just read to you, amen, hallelujah, life on our own without God is tough. And often, amen, hallelujah, our minds, amen, hallelujah, are bombarded with a lot of things, amen, a lot of pressures, a lot of stress, a lot of strain. And sometimes, hallelujah, we go to self-medication. It's called, hallelujah, being a drug addict, amen, or alcoholic to deal with this life. So when I try to do it on my own, amen, I turn to the bottle. To try to cope when God offered his help all along. But I was too stubborn to take it because I wanted to do me. I got this, God. Take a back seat. I got it. And I went through a deep depression 
for the first time when I went away to college. Deep depression. And I couldn't get myself out of it. My only relief was to turn to the bottle. As a teenager, my God. See, my mother, my family, my father, they, they saw it as just, you know, teenager being wild and stuff, but I was self-medicating. I couldn't cope. So I turned to the 40, the 40 ounce of malt liquor. And 40 ounce led to weed. They were gateway drugs, and then it led to other things that I got myself into at 17 years old because I couldn't cope. Well, Brother Pastor, you're weak. You were weak. Yeah, I was weak. You're right. You're very right. I didn't know how to cope on my own. My God. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. Guard your heart. I'm going to deal with the emotions now. There are a lot of things that come after us, come towards us, but we have to guard our heart. Next slide, please. We kind of might have, we're still in Proverbs. We're in Proverbs 4:23. It says, "Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life." Keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it are the issues of life. Or in other words, it affects every aspect of life. Your heart, your emotions, your feelings, the inner, your inner self affects every aspect of your life. We major on the outside, how tall we are, how short we are, what our skin complexion is, what our hair texture is. But it's, it's, it's on the inside that counts the most. Solomon's telling us to guard our hearts. Or to keep our hearts. Next slide, please. Let's look at the definition of these words. Amen. That word keep, amen, is a Hebrew word, not saw. And it means to watch, guard, or keep. We need to watch what comes into our heart. That heart is a Hebrew word, labe, and it means the inner man, the mind, the will, the heart, also used figuratively very widely for the feelings or the emotions. The will, even the intellect, likewise for the center of anything. The, our heart is the center of us. Our inner man is who we are. The real us. Solomon's telling us to guard or watch what you allow to enter into your heart. It says, with all diligence, this word diligence is mishmar in the Hebrew. It means guard, above all, guarding, watch thy heart. It also means diligence, as, it, as it's uh, written in English here. And diligence means careful or persistent work or effort. We have to consistently and carefully guard our hearts. Guard and watch, it also means. This word issues is a told saar, outgoings or source, escape or sources of life, the outgoings of a heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guard your heart with all diligence. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For out of it are the issues or the outgoings, the things that come forth from us. Sometimes when we run into people that are real mean to us or... or or some kind of negative reaction towards us, amen, hallelujah, because they got turmoil in their heart. They've been hurt. They've been damaged. They've been abused. They've been ignored. They've been misunderstood. And we're getting the outgoings from their heart. Hurt people, hurt people. Hurt people, hurt people. There's always a reason people do certain things. There's a reason that person was mean to you. Doesn't justify why they were mean to you, but there is a reason. And life, amen. It's a Hebrew word, che, or and it means alive, living, or lifetime. The things 
that come out your heart, the things that affect your heart and then come out your heart can affect you for a lifetime. It's very important, amen, to not let everything into our hearts. Let me, let me say this too. I, you guys who have been with us, amen, have heard me say this many times. When we get to a place where we lower our expectation on people, why? Because people, we, 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 we're, we're imperfect. And you put your higher expectations on God, you're going to have a healthy mental and emotional life. People are going to let you down. Pastor Brown's going to let you down. Why? I'm human. I can't be in all places at one time. I'm not all powerful. I don't know all things. Sometimes I even, and how dare I, go to sleep. Sometimes Pastor Brown needs to recharge his batteries and doesn't have anything to give out. I'm going to let you down, but Jesus will never let you down. Hallelujah. Glory to God. People will let you down. Let's just really, let's, let's take it there, amen. Parents will let you down. Your best friend will let you down. Your cousins and them will let you down. Your boss, every human being you encounter at one point or another will let you down. Now imagine living a life where you have great expectations for people and you are disappointed every day, all day. Because you had these high expectations on people and they have let you down time and time again. Don't get me wrong, we all need people in our lives that we can trust, but we trust them as far as we can trust them humanly. We, we, we keep an understanding that they are human. God's our stability. God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is consistent. God's not moody. Sometimes I get moody. Sometimes I'm sometimey because I'm human. And I'm still learning. I'm still on my walk. I'm still on my journey. Pastors out there, if there's any pastors looking, amen. Stop trying to be perfect. You are human. You are on your journey. Even Paul said, I haven't arrived yet. And Paul wrote 13 out of the 27 books of the New Testament. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We are all challenged in this fallen world. This is not the world God intended for us, but this is the world that man chose to live independent of God. And these are the results. We're living in it. Yet we blame God for it. Well, if God was so good, he would do this. Listen, we made, you know, it's kind of like a child who wants to be grown and not listen to their parents. And the child goes and does what the child wants to do and then blames the parent for the choices and the outcome they got. We made a choice. And I ran from God for a while and then I ran from the ministry for a while because I made a choice. I wanted to do me. And when I did me, it was a mess. My God. You know, I used to watch a show called Behind the Music. So I like to study human beings. I like to understand things. And these, are, these were uh, famous, successful music artists. And they all had the same arc. Come out of obscurity, become great and famous, hit a peak, and then fall off somewhere. Go into depression, drug addiction, alcoholism, divorce, fall out of favor. Then some of them had a swing back up. But it was never the same peak as it was before. It's human beings. We're up one day, we're down the next. We're up one day, we're down the next. But this is, what not, this is not what God had intended for us. Amen? Next slide, please. So it's not all in fame and fortune. It's about the inner man. All right? Don't get me wrong. We all want money. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. But it's not the end all be all. Well, I don't know about that, Brother Pastor. 
It's not the end all be all. Amen. What, is, what does the word say? Money is the root of all kinds of evil. We need it in this fallen world, but it's not the source of all happiness. It was, it was never intended to be. All right. Think on these things. Amen. Here, Paul, we're going back to Paul, the writings of Paul. This is one of his prison epistles. So he wrote this letter from prison. He's in prison in Rome at this time. And he's writing to the Philippians. All right. So he's encouraging them from a place of incar in, in, if I'm saying it right. Incarceration. Thank you. Guess why God gave me a wife. Hallelujah. Incarceration. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Next slide, please. So we're in Philippians 4 and 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. A mind at war with God. When we do things our way, apart from God's influence, amen, we are at war or opposed to God. God always intended to make human beings to live in concert with him or live in alignment with him. All right? It's not about us being goody two-shoes. It's about having a relationship with God through the person of Jesus Christ, having a relationship with Father, our, our Heavenly Father and the Holy Spirit. Amen? Hallelujah. And living in alignment with him because he created us and he knows how we work best. He knows how our minds and our emotions work best. Why? Because he's our creator. Hallelujah. So this is Paul's word to the Philippians from prison. Keep that in mind. He said, therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends. For you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. So he ministered to them 10 years prior to this letter. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And he got great joy from ministering Christ to them. Next slide, please. Verse 2. Now I appeal to Eudea, excuse me. Eudea, hallelujah. This is a woman. And this other one's tricky too. Sintaichi. I think I got that one better. Sintaichi, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. You know that church folks can get into disagreements? And here Paul's encouraging them to settle their disagreement. Sometimes I see something one way and you see it another, and we get into a disagreement, although we're both in church, although we both love Jesus. And it takes a humility for us to work it out. Sometimes you're not going to win every argument. Sometimes I got to just let you, I got to let the other person, if I'm, if I, if I'm going to get peace, we got to do it their way. Because if I always get my way, nobody's going to want to be around me. Sometimes we got we to got, we work it out. And if I always get my way, there is something in me, that there's this selfishness in me <laughs> that I've not yet surrendered to God. Anyway, Paul says, and I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women, for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers, whose names are written in the book of life. So these are people going to heaven. The names are written in the book of life. We talked about the book of life uh, like a month ago. Always be full of joy in the Lord. We have a choice to always be full of the joy of the Lord. And I, I didn't define this word, but we know joy means being appreciative of God's grace in our lives. In other words... To be appreciative of God's grace is I know I don't deserve to go to heaven for all the things I've done, but Jesus came and died and paid my sin debt anyway. So that should bring joy when I think about that. I don't deserve to be by behind the pulpit. Amen. It is an act of God's grace. I don't deserve to be married to this woman. I don't deserve to have these children. Amen. Hallelujah. I, I don't deserve to be your pastor. I don't deserve it. I'm not trying to be overly 
uh, humble, amen, I'm telling you the truth. But because of his grace, when I think about his grace, it gives me joy. So when you think about his grace, when you acknowledge his grace, you should be full of joy. It is unfortunate that there's been a teaching of righteousness is something we work to achieve not understanding that this religious actions rob us of joy because we think it's about our doing good that gets us to heaven and how many of you know how many of you know that we're not perfect amen hallelujah and that we can't do enough good to get to heaven that's why jesus came hallelujah so he says always be full of joy in the lord i say again rejoice so have joy and again have joy again it's a decision next slide please verse 5 says let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do so there goes being selfish be considerate remember the lord is coming soon this is the thing we've been talking about the last few weeks the lord's coming soon don't worry about anything Uh uh-oh that's a hard one Did he actually say don't worry about anything? If we are worrying about something, and this this is for all of us, from me down to the youngest person in here, if we are worrying about something, we've not given it to God. We're still trying to figure that thing out. And a lot of parents, and please forgive me, a lot of mothers are impacted mentally and emotionally through worry. I remember being 16 years old and, you know, I wanted to do my thing and I certainly wasn't chasing after God. I was saved, though. got saved at 15. But, you know, I said, all right, God, I got this. I'm going to have some fun. I'm going to sow my wild oats for a few years. Then I'll come. I'll get saved at 25, 26. So I'm going to do every sinful thing under the sun. This is also me coping with my depression. I didn't know that back then. I'm 16. I couldn't figure all that out. So, uh... My mother was worried all the time. My mother was the type, if I was in the club, my mother would be outside the club driving the car back and forth looking for me. (laughs) This was my mother. I was in ninth grade. We were at Roller Castle, New Year's Eve. My mother had dropped us off, but she's crying and driving back and forth up and down Hempstead Turnpike looking for me. And when you get a man's wife upset, the man gets upset. So at 3 a.m., my father's standing inside the club. (laughs) That was not a good feeling, y'all. Jumping away from that, she came to me at 16 and said, you know, God told me not to worry about you anymore. I'm putting you in his hands. I was like, yeah! Yeah! I'm going to go even harder. (laughs) Little did I know that God started to close the doors on me, the doors of opportunity to get into sin. The phone calls stopped coming. My friends stopped coming to pick me up to take me places. Things started closing in on me as those prayers started to take effect to manifest. Now, things got worse before they got better. But by 19, I surrendered. 19 in 10 months, I surrendered. I I, I got tired of trying to do things my way. I I surrendered. And I've been on the path ever since. I've had had my backslidings and stuff, but basically I've I've been dedicated to the Lord. Now, when backslidings are not, I stopped living a certain way morally. I didn't, hallelujah, but I stopped coming to church. There's been, there's been times when that's happened, but Hallelujah. Ladies, take it from mothers. Take it from my mother. She put me in his hands. And it wasn't fun, to say the least. So we, we put our worry. In, stop worrying. Put it in hand. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Even if it's peace of mind, I need peace of mind, Jesus. This boy's driving me crazy. 
or this man is driving me crazy or this woman's driving me up the wall. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Thank you, Lord, in advance, because I know I thank you for what you have done. I thank you for what you will do. You haven't shown confidence in him. Then, then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard. Now, Solomon was before Christ. And to a certain extent, we still have to do this. And how we do this is by what I just read. How do we guard our hearts? We do what I just read. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. We guard our hearts by not worrying, praying about everything, telling God what we need, thank him for all he has done. Then we'll experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You know, as a man, I like to control things. But in the bigger picture, what can I really control? I'm an individual on a planet with almost 7 billion people. Planet in turmoil. What can, what can I control? Got to give it to God. Next slide, please. Verse 8. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix, which, which is an act of your will, your thoughts on what is true. So if it's not true, we shouldn't be thinking about it. Okay, that's, that, that's broad. There's a lot of things that are true. Some things are true and not nice. And honorable. All right, it, it, it has to be true. Then it has to be honorable. It, it could be true and it could be a mess. I don't need to be focusing on that. doesn't mean we are ignorant. It means it's not, it's not my focus. I shouldn't be focusing on that. Shouldn't be focusing on rumors and, 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 and things like that. Or things, people, the mess, the skeletons that people have. Or that we have ourselves. And right. And pure. These are the things we should be thinking on. Things that are lovely. And adm admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. This is what our minds focus should be on. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. There are certain things that we're used to that we and as entertaining in our minds that we just got to think we, we just got to get away from. Stop thinking those th thoughts. I'm, I'm, I'm ugly. I'm fat. They don't like me. Why am I here? I'm nothing. I'm nobody. They talk about how my back. Those white people did this. Those black people did that. Those Latino people did all that. It's, it's unproductive to your mental and emotional health. Even if it's true, it's not lovely. It's not admirable. It's not honorable. I don't need to focus on it. No, you didn't walk around like someone who's ignorant. You know, I, I, I'm aware of it, but it's not my focus not when I entertain it, you know there are times I watch the news but there are times I turn it off I'm not ignorant I know that the Gulf of Mexico had a uh, oil rig rupture and it was on fire I saw the pictures like you but I don't need to focus on it all day long you pray pray for them folks in the rig and keep it moving 
I can't put on my cape and fly down there and put the, put the thing out. I keep it moving. I know that uh, a condo collapsed in Florida and people have died and my heart goes out to them and uh, to their families in particular. Pray for the families and keep it moving. So I'm not ignorant. But I keep my thoughts in a good place. Amen. Why? Because the word tells, tells me to. Not because, uh, and I want to be, especially at this age, I want to be emotionally and mentally healthy. All right, next slide, please. Cast all your cares upon him. These are the words of Peter. Next slide. Coming out of 1 Peter 5 and 7, I'm reading from the Amplified Version. Peter says, casting all your cares, all your anxieties, all your worries, and all your concerns once and for all on him who cares about you. God cares about you. He wants you to take all your cares, all your concerns, come to him in prayer. Lord, this, this bothered me today. This person talked behind my back today. This person did me dirty like this today. I, I cast it all upon you. Lord, I'm concerned about my weight. I'm concerned about my health. Lord, I want to live a long time. Lord, when are you coming back? Lord, hallelujah, my church, this happened in my church today. Lord, this happened, uh, I, I stubbed my toe, my foot, whatever it may be. I'm casting my concerns. And God has big shoulders. And he can take all my concerns. And all my cares and all my worries, all my frustrations, I give it to him. Often what we do is we call up our best friend or our prayer partner or whoever, and we cast it on them. And there's nothing wrong with someone touching and agree with you and praying, amen, but there comes a point where I have laid so much on Raven. The Raven's going to stop picking up my phone calls. <laughs> Raven's overburdened. Raven's worn out because Raven's got her own burdens and mine. And sometimes we bring it to the pastor and yes, it's my job to listen and counsel people. Amen. Hallelujah. But ultimately, my goal is to get the person to cast their cares upon the Lord because that's sustainable. Because after I counsel people, I got to go into my prayer closet and get that all off my chest and give it to the Lord along with my own stuff. So, yes, for the babes, for those going through very difficult times, you know, those instances, yes, that's my job, hallelujah. But ultimately, my job is to get you to cast your cares upon him and develop your own intimate personal relationship with him where you don't need a pastor day to day. Amen. Hallelujah. We become co-laborers, brothers and sisters in the Lord and have a mutual respect for each other's call and purpose. And we win the loss to Christ. So casting all your cares, your concerns, your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you. God cares about you. And God is always available to you. You've got to speak to him. I speak to him out loud. I, I mean... I don't do it outside. I don't do it in a supermarket where people think you're crazy and take you away to uh, South Oaks. You know, because we do that as Christians sometimes. We're just in the middle of the supermarket. Hallelujah! Now, hallelujah is wonderful, <laughs> but you're in the middle of the supermarket where people don't really understand what you're doing. And people will call the police on you. So if you're in a spot and you need to do it, hey, do what you got to do. But generally, you know, speak to God in your prayer closet. Amen. Or under your breath. I pray at work. I, I, I'm always in communication with God. I just don't let people around me know it. Hallelujah. Well, sometimes I go to my car. I, I, I do what I have to do. I'm not ashamed of God, but I understand. He said, cast not your pearls to swine. In other words, don't. These things are precious, what we're doing. Prayer, communication with God, casting our cares upon him, hallelujah. But don't uh, let people misunderstand what you're doing as something as crazy or, 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 or extreme. All right? Hallelujah. Uh, it's between me and him, not between me and them. It's a me and him thing. It's a you and him thing. 
all right so cast your your cares uh, for he cares about you so we need to know god cares about us and there have been times in my walk i didn't think he cared about me i thought he was trying to kill me but he was taking me through a part of life where i had to learn hard lessons and i had to guess what grow up with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. God watches over us very carefully. It's a matter of we allow him to have free course, is the church word. We allow him to have his way in our lives. Do we allow him? Do we, you know, you got to give God permission. What are you talking about, brother, pastor? The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and they that dwell therein. God made Adam and Eve and all of mankind subsequently as the rulers of this world. Now, Adam gave it up to the enemy, all right? But God, as loving as God is, he will not uh, violate your free will. You must give him permission to be active in your life. That's called prayer. Give him permission to be active in your life. You can be in church, but not give God permission to be active in your life. You can be a Christian and not give God permission to be active in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Give him permission. Next slide. We're almost done. Only have one more verse after this. Receive Christ's peace. Christ wants to give you his very own peace. The peace he enjoys he wants to give it to you, but we got to receive it. We got to give him permission to allow us to have it. We got to say, I want your peace. Next slide, please. This is our last slide. John 14, 27. I'm reading from the Amplified Version. This is Jesus preparing his disciples before his crucifixion. So as he's sharing these things, obviously they would get agitated. They would get fearful. They would, you're leaving us, Jesus? Where are you going? So I've been telling you for three years that I came here to die. To die for your sins, but you didn't believe me. So he, this, this is him preparing them for his crucifixion. And he says, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you. He gave his, the peace he enjoys. He gave it to his disciples then and as he's got the respective persons, it's our peace as well if we receive it. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Now the peace, the, the world offers a type of peace. Everybody's into meditation now and yoga and all kind of things. All right, now meditation in and of itself is not wrong, but the world type of meditation, amen, is emptying your mind. God meditation is filling your mind with his word. Meditate on these things. The world offers a type of peace. Like I love, uh, you know, I want, I want to be, well, I like to be massaged by machines. I don't like all people touching my body like that. Hallelujah. But there are many of us that like massages and all this other stuff. I like it too. I just like it from a machine. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It ain't got nothing to do with being holy and nothing like that. I, that's another conversation. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But human beings like to be touched. Let me just put it that way. Amen. Hallelujah. And I, you know, if anybody's going to touch me, it's going to be my wife. Amen. Hallelujah. I ain't falling into sin. Anyway. Yeah, the pastor could fall into sin. If he, I know my weaknesses. And the key is to avoid what I'm weak at. So I don't need no pretty woman touching me. So I could be on scandal. I can't believe he did that. I'm human like, I like what you like. I see what you see. Understanding my weaknesses, hallelujah, I avoid them. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I forgot where I was going with that point. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, the world offers a peace. <laughs> I got caught up in the massage. The world offers a peace, but it's not enduring, amen? 
We need Jesus' peace. I need his peace. To go to work every day, I need his peace. <laughs> to be on the roads with, with folks that drive crazy, I need his peace. To be a pastor, I need his peace. To be married, I need his peace. We've been together, tw we've been married 28 years, but I need his peace. I still have my ways, she got her ways. I need his peace. She needs his peace to deal with me. Peace. Because sometimes if I seek peace from her, maybe she's having a bad day. Maybe she's unavailable. I, I, I can't count on that all the time, but I can always count on his peace. Hallelujah. So the world has a peace, but we need Jesus' peace. He says, do not let your heart be troubled. Uh-oh, there's another act of our will. Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't blow it out of proportion. I was good for blowing it out of proportion. Sometimes I still am, I have to admit. He's still working on me. Don't blow it out of proportion. Don't make it bigger than it should be. Nor let it be afraid. You know, it, phobias are popular now. Everybody's got a phobia. And I have to admit, as I get older, being at tall heights is starting to impact me, but I, I can't be a slave to that. I can't, I can't let that rule my life. I can't let, it, let my heart be afraid. All right? says, let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. We talk about a mind at war with God. We're talking about the mind that's not lined up with God, not lined up with God's spirit. And as I mentioned before, we have 7.8 billion people in the world. And if we all got our own truth, we all got our own way of seeing things, and we all doing us, we're going to be crashing into each other, bumping into each other, having conflicts with one another, going through difficulties with one another. I, I need his peace. I need his peace. I don't need to do things for out of my mind separated from him. I need the mind of Christ. I need the mind of Christ. I need to look at that. Lord, how should I look at this? How should I approach this? What should be my perspective on this thing? And even if he don't tell me it, if he don't tell me right away immediately, I do nothing. I just wait. And often what happens, it'll dawn on me. I'm driving in the car. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. And it comes to me. Okay. I have difficult things at work like you. I have challenges in life like you. But I'm learning to say, Lord, okay, let me pause for a second. How would you have me handle this? Because what I do with my, my, my way, my mind's at war with you. Can't tell you how many times me and God have had a back and forth. But no, 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 wait, God, I, if, if, if I do it this way, he's always right. But him being right is in my best interest. Me being right is not always in my best interest. Because really, in, in reality, I'm not right. He is. I don't know why this is popping in my mind, but the pastor, pastors, if you feel like you always got it together, it's okay to be vulnerable especially before the Lord. Seek the Lord. Get his wisdom. Get his understanding. You don't know, have to know everything. And sometimes he'll use the member you would least expect to give you some wisdom that you needed in your time of trouble. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm done. Amen. Amen. We don't want a mind at war with God. We want a mind in alignment with the Lord. I'm going to pray for us now. Amen. Because we got challenges in life. Each of us. It's at work. It could be in your own house.
could be on the road, could be your own thoughts are troubling you. And nobody's quite taught you or dealt with you on good emotional and mental health. Sometimes we're suffering in church and those praises aren't really praises to God. It's an opportunity to scream at the top of my lungs. And this is why we get so offended when people try to stop us from doing our praise dance. Because really it's a cry for help. Let me pray. Father God, you've led me to speak to those that are in person and those online about m good mental and emotional health practices, Lord God. And Father God, I lift them all up to you right now in the name of Jesus. You know what they're going through. I have no idea what they're going through. Whether it's in their homes, whether it's on their jobs, whether it's in their relationships, their romantic relationships, their friendships, their colleagues, whether it's in church, whether it's out of church, whether it's when they're alone and by themselves, they're tortured by their own thoughts, memories of abuse, of neglect, of sorrow, of loss. We lift all these things up to you now, Lord God. And we cast our cares upon you, Lord God. Worries about money, finances, living situation, our future, how we're going to survive. You said if we seek you first in your kingdom, then all these things will be added unto us, Lord God. But we cast today, right now, our cares, whatever they may be, on you. That the peace that passes all understanding, the peace that you promised in and, and John 14, 27 would be ours, Lord God. Let your peace reign in the hearts and minds of your people right now. Saints, both here and online, I want you to open your hearts to his peace right now. Open your allow, give God permission for his peace to penetrate your heart and your mind. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stop thinking about that worry, that concern, that stuff that keeps you up at night. The stuff that makes you go to the refrigerator late at night. Stuff that has you biting your nails. Stuff that causes you not to sleep. The stuff that has your blood pressure up. We got to release it right now. And don't take it back. Release it to God. Release it, release it, release it. No matter how hard it looks, release it to God. Let him work it out. He'll communicate to you what to do, whether through your prayer or he'll send somebody to communicate to you what to do. Father God, have your way in our lives. I give the church unto you, Lord God. It's not mine, it's yours. And all the concerns with the church, all my concerns for my personal life, I give unto you, Lord God. My future, my living situation, I give unto you, Lord God. It's not mine, it's yours now to work out. Have your way in all our lives in the matchless name of Jesus. We thank you today, we praise you, and we bless you because you do all things well. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to encourage you guys to keep every day, go through this. Give it to him. Tell it to him. And open your hearts to his peace. Amen. Because we need to be healthy emotionally and mentally. I, I, I don't like stress. I want to I, I, I I have joy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. I'm not telling you it's easy. But it's doable. Amen. Listen. Hallelujah. If you want more gospel messages like this, amen, because ultimately it comes back to Christ, amen, and his peace. His peace was made available to us because he died on the cross. Hallelujah. Peace between God, Father God, and us. Hallelujah. Making his peace available to us, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It comes through the person of Jesus Christ, amen. So if you don't know this Jesus, and your mind's in turmoil, and your emotion's in turmoil, amen, I want you to say these words with me. It's an act of your will. I can't make you do anything. Hallelujah. 
and I'm not here to embarrass anybody here or online. Amen. Hallelujah. So if that's you and you, you, you need that peace, you need that mental and emotional health that, that your creator wanted you to have. Amen. Hallelujah. That, that Jesus died for you to have. Please say these words with me. Well, Brother Pastor, I'm not religious. Amen. I'm not asking you to be religious. I'm asking you to allow yourself to have a relationship with the one that came to die for us. His name is Jesus. And say these words with me. Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Please forgive me of all sins, transgressions, and iniquities. I believe that you died for my sins. I believe on the third day you rose from the dead as the evidence that Father God accepted your death as full payment for all of my sins over the entirety of my lifetime. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Now say amen. If you said that prayer, you said it sincerely. You were saved. You have an opportunity to cast your cares upon the Lord. Give everything over to him. Uh, speak to him. Confess to him. Pour out to him. Hallelujah. All you're dealing with. And for his peace, the very peace of Jesus Christ, to overtake and guard and keep your heart and your mind. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Real quick, we want to take the communion. Amen. The Lord's Supper, I should say. The Lord's Supper. Amen. So everyone in person should have uh, bread and wine. Hallelujah. I know it's grape juice. Hallelujah. We're not trying to get people a little buzz in here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Amen. And we really, you know, I, I understand it's bread and wine, uh, but we have to really look at it as the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. We're remembering, it's a form of worship. We're remembering his death as we partake of the communion. Amen? All right, get your bread ready here. Hallelujah. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. We're talking about healing. This is physical healing, amen, but we talked about today mental and emotional. Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Th do this, this do in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread which represents the broken body of Jesus Christ. His body was broken that our bodies might be healed. Hallelujah. Let's, in let's include our mental and emotional healing as well. After the, at the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's, rep let's remember the death of Jesus Christ and the shedding of his blood. Let's partake of this wine. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Hallelujah. We thank God for the communion. Amen. We remember his death. Listen, real quick. Amen. If you want gospel messages to continue, amen. Our church needs your help. We still live in this world. Yes, this fallen world and this world uses money. So we want, hallelujah, the church to continue. We want messages like this to continue. We, wa we, we want the gathering to continue. Amen. Please, ma'am, please, sir, consider in your heart making an investment in the church. Amen. Those of us that believe in tithing and have the revelation of tithing, we ask that you tithe. Amen. If this is not your church. Please do not tithe here. Tithe at your local church. Amen. The tithes are for the local church. Amen. Hallelujah. But we will receive an offering. Amen. But in while we're in this world, hallelujah, this world uses money and we need money to sustain uh, the church and to help it to grow as well. Amen. Hallelujah. So let the Lord lead you on how much to give both those of us that are here and those of, of us that are online. So those of us that are online, you can do it here as well, though. Hallelujah. There are three ways to give. The first way is to give at our website, lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. You can make a tax-deductible donation there online. It's on your screen right now. It's lwccgrace.org forward slash donations. Amen. Hallelujah. And you will get a record of your giving. Amen. Holiday that you can keep for tax time next year. Amen. 
Hallelujah. It will be an auto-generated email that comes to you uh, when you give online. Amen? Glory to God. Once you provide your email address. The second way to give, amen, if you feel uncomfortable with electronic giving, you can give by mailing an offering to Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. Once again, it's on your screen. Living Waters Christian Center, P.O. Box 115, Amityville, New York, 11701. And the third way you can give, you can come and join us in person, amen. We are social distancing. We have ventilation, amen. We have an overflow room. We have, uh, we're taking temperatures, amen, hallelujah. You can join us in person, worship with us from 11 to 11.30, amen, and then enjoy the word service as you are doing already, amen. You can come in person and give and fellowship with us, amen, and we'd love to see you, amen. We're here at 15 Albany Avenue, Amityville, New York, 11701. That, once again, it's 15 Albany Avenue, Amityville, New York, 11701. We'd love to see you, and our services start at 11 a.m., amen. Let's pray over these offerings. Father God, we thank you for the seed we sow. We sow for the upkeep and expansion of your kingdom. We sow because we love you. We sow it for the continuance of the gospel, Lord God, and the health and the well-being of the Living Waters Christian Center, Lord God. Father God, bless these offerings, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold, some a million-fold return. Let us get a harvest that we might be blessed to be a blessing to others. In the name of Jesus, we thank you today. We praise you and we bless you for your word, for your worship, for the fellowship, and for all that you've done today. In Jesus' name we pray. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So thank you, thank you, thank you to our online viewers for joining us today. We'll be back with you next week at 1130. We hope that you've been blessed. I pray that you cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. Amen. Hallelujah. God wants you emotionally and mentally healthy. Be blessed. Enjoy the 4th of July. Amen. If you celebrate it, amen. And we'll see you next week. God bless. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us at I Am Robert A. Brown Ministries. We hope the message blessed you and unveiled the love of Christ to you in a greater way. God bless.